Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, week two in a message series called Clean Sweep. We talked a little bit last week about some of the things that prevent us from maintaining our relationship with God, some of the things that prevent us from connecting fully with God. Assuming, of course, that we all want that. Assuming, we, of course, that we all would like to be connected to God on a regular basis. I think that's, you guys made it to church today, so I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Uh, we, what we talked about last week was the different rooms in our house that we tend to keep locked. And we talked about how sometimes, uh, you know, if, if you can jump into the analogy with me, sometimes we treat Jesus like a house guest instead of the one who owns the place. Uh, If you've ever had a house guest, you understand house guests are like fish. After two days, they start to stink. So uh, after a couple days, you know, and and there are rules for house guests. When a house guest shows up at your house or your apartment or wherever, if someone's crashing on your couch or they're staying in a a spare bedroom or however it's working for you, sleeping in the air mattress in the basement, however, however the house guest, you know, has come to be in your home, you do a little tour and you show them around and you show them where they're going to sleep and you show them the bathroom you expect them to use and you, you kind of just, you show them the guidelines. But a house guest knows and you know there are places in your home that are off limits to them. There are places in their home, in your home where it would be inappropriate for them to go. A house guest doesn't have access to every room in the house. A house guest isn't just going to start rooting through your, 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 uh, or file cabinet. They're not going to start looking through the papers on your desk. They're not going to start checking in, in, in different places. The house guest kind of stays in their lane. And sometimes we treat Jesus like a house guest. We kind of say, all right, we're glad to have you. Welcome. Great. So glad you could visit and really excited to have you. Um, this is your area, but stay out of here. This is the area we would love for you to occupy, Jesus. We'd love for you to be in our relationships. We'd love for you to be in our work life. We'd love you to bless us uh, and, and our kids. And we'd love you to be in this part and that part. And we'd love to help, help you know, we, we'd love your help with the whole sin thing. We definitely need that. We need forgiveness. We, you know, we'd love a new beginning and spiritual health. But these rooms over here, uh, we just need you to stay out of those. And so we, we kind of talked a little bit about last week the different areas where we try to keep the Lord out of. Instead of just going, here are the keys, you own the place. It's your house. I live here. You have access to every file in every cabinet. You can check in the crawl space under the front porch. You can get in the attic. You can look in the basement. You can check every closet in every room. You can, there's no place in, this, in, in my house that you don't have access to. And we, we jumped into a verse from Psalm 139 last time. And it just said, search me, O Lord, and, and, and know me. Test me. Test my anxious thoughts. And if there's anything in me that offends you, point it out. It's a good prayer. My, my hope is that at least a couple of us kind of prayed that way this week. Search me out. Come on in and know every part of me. I'm just inviting you in. I don't, I, I'm, I'm giving you the master key. I want to keep every door unlocked to you. If there's anything in any area of my life that, is, that doesn't line up with what you want, then point it out to me so I can fix it, so I can make adjustments and live the way you want me to live. That's kind of, that, that, that's what we're after here. And, and failing to do that, leaving, leaving some of those doors locked, breaks the trust, and it makes it difficult for you to connect with God fully. 
Because what we're doing is we're, we're, we're setting conditions for the Lord. It makes things cluttered. And we talked a little bit last week about clutter. Today we're talking about something else that makes it difficult for us to connect with God regularly and in a healthful way. The clutter created by our past. Many of us here have things in our past that are still cluttering up the present. Yes? Many of us here have stuff in our past, and those boxes full of stuff from our past are still sort of strewn about the place. We still trip over them. We still have to walk around them. There are still subjects we have to avoid because we don't want to think about that. There are still people we have to avoid because we don't want to be reminded of this. There, and, and, and every time we are reminded, uh, there, there's just like, there, there, there's tension and there's, there's clutter in our, our, our spiritual life and there's struggle. Do you have some memories? I mean, I don't know about you. I have a couple of memories because this is true for everybody, pastors too. Like I have a few memories of things. Do you have a couple of memories that like once in a while, they just pop into your head unbidden, and they cause a physical reaction. Like once in a while, I'll just remember something. I'm driving, a song comes on, a lyric from a song, or a, a road sign, or something. I'll see, whatever it was, something will pop into my head, and I'll just go, like, you ever do that? Am I the only one? Like, you know, like, and I always feel like if someone's looking at me, they're going to go, that guy's having a seizure. But like, I, you know, <laughs> Because once in a while, you just have a memory, and there's something in your past, and the memory of it comes in, you just, you flinch a little bit. Like a memory can actually cause a physical reaction in the here and now. Because a lot of times, the stuff we're carrying from our past is cluttering up our present space. It's all the things behind you that you can't forget. It's all the things behind you that you can't forgive yourself for. The stuff that you've done, the things that you've said and done or failed to say and failed to do, however it works, the things you've done or the things done to you or whatever it is that, that's kind of cluttering up the area, like that stuff is hard to carry. It's heavy. It's, it's hard to carry that stuff around. And as we move, we tend to, we, we sort of bring it with us, don't we? I mean, the, the initial analogy was that it's cluttering up the house. There's boxes everywhere. You know, I'm starting to get there a little bit. Uh, my, my, Erica is starting to, to, my fiance is starting to move things into my home now. So, like, I'm kind of used to my home, you know, being a certain way. And being, now there's, like, boxes everywhere and stuff. And it's, it's getting, you know, crazy because the house doesn't feel the way it used to feel. And it, it sets me off balance a little bit. And that's just part of moving. That's part of the deal. And it'll all be cool. And I'm, I, I'm excited about that. But, man, if you live that way, like, for years and years, it starts to wear on you a little bit. Yes? It starts to wear you down. And some of us, it's not just that the boxes are cluttering up the house. It's that we're carrying all that stuff with us in a backpack. That's a better analogy. We've got a big, like, I'm not talking about a little Jansport school bag. I'm talking about one of these big, like, camping for the week, you know, rucksack things that covers your whole back. And it's like it's filled with boulders because there's all this stuff we're carrying from our past that we wish we could be rid of that, that still weighs us down. The things that we don't talk about, the things we wish we could unsay or undo or unsee. Some of that stuff is defining you. Some of you are on an ongoing basis being defined by what's in your past, and it doesn't have to be that way. 
You don't have to define yourself according to your worst moments. You don't have to define yourself according to what's in the backpack. You can, you can, you can kick that backpack to the curb. You can leave it there. You don't have to carry that stuff anymore. God wants to do a clean sweep. He wants to wipe all that stuff out. Many of us are still walking, and, and, and no one knows. This is the thing. It's secret. These are secret things. These are things that we don't even tell our closest friends. These are things often that we don't even vocalize to our spouse. These are things that, that, are, that, are, that are deep and, and dark and secret. The shame of this stuff. And you can't tell. No one knows. Because you can't tell what's going on inside of a house by looking at it from the curb, can you? You can't tell what's going on inside of a house by looking at it from the curb. I, I, like to, I like to walk around my neighborhood. I like to take walks, and I walk around. And I always have a good time just walking, you know, uh, walking around. And, and do you ever, I don't know if you ever do this if you're walking or driving through a neighborhood, just wonder what's going on in all those houses, you know? Like, what, what's everybody's life like in all these different homes? And I don't know any of these people, but I'm walking, you know? And, I, and, and sometimes, you know, I'll see a house. I always like try, I try to imagine it, you know? I'm, all, I'm sure I'm wrong, but, you know, like, I always try to imagine it, and sometimes I'll see a house that's, um, you know, a little, a little dinged up, you know, like roof maybe needs a little repair. They fired the landscaper a couple years ago, you know, uh, it's a little, little not, 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 not the neatest, not the, not a little bad, it's just not, it's just a little dinged up. It's just not perfect. It's just a little, you know, eh. and I always imagine that the people in that house are like happy and full of life. And that even though the house is a little dinged up, that's a house full of joy and laughter and that the people in there really love each other. And then every once in a while, and I'm, not, I'm probably wrong about this, every once in a while I'll walk past a house where it's like meticulous, like everything's perfect. The cars are perfectly straight in the driveway and there's new mulch in all of the beds and the grass is manicured and the lighting is perfect. And I just sometimes wonder if those are the houses where sometimes there's a lot of stress and a lot of strife. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think the same is true for us. Some of you guys, God love you, you look a little dinged up. <laughs> Some of us, and you know who you are, and you're not even offended because you're like, yes, I do. Because that's just how we roll around here. Yeah, we, I, I'm too. So, you know, we, that's just sort of how we operate. I'm a little dinged up. You know, I came in here. Some of you came in here, and, you, you know, you walked in, and, and that's just, you know, you're to the, to the outside world. You know, you, you're walking with a limp a little bit. But inside, you're healthy, and you love Jesus, and you're walking in forgiveness, and everything's cool. And I'll bet there's a few others of you, you walked in here today, and everything looks perfect. And on the inside, you're just being pounded by guilt. You're just being, just, just ground down by what's in your past, and you're not walking in freedom. We all have these secrets. What does God say about your dirty little secrets what does he say about that stuff? What we're going to do now is something unusual. We are going to play you and show you a music video. Um, I know. just <laughs> is what it is. So, um, this is a music video by a band called the All-American Rejects. Nice Christian name. Okay, so it's the All-American Rejects. And the name of the video is Dirty Little Secret. And the reason we're showing you this video is because this band, this, this song is at least 20 years old, this band um, partnered with a national project that encouraged teenagers 
to write their secrets down on index cards anonymously and send them in. And they made this huge display of people's darkest secrets, and it, it, I guess it proved therapeutic for the kids to write them down, and it, it sort of proved therapeutic for other people to see other people's secrets and know that they're not alone. And so you're going to see some stuff embedded. Now, for those of you watching online, there are times when uh, that we'll get edited for copyright infringement. If this feed shuts down because of this, uh, we're just letting you know this could happen. Open up a new window. You're looking for the video, Dirty Little Secret by the All-American Rejects. With that, we're going to lower the lights, take a look, and take a listen. right? Like this poppy, catchy little 
do the Carlton, you know, like, song. And there's all this heavy stuff in there. And, and some of you, I would bet every one of us could relate to at least one or two of those cards. I would bet every one of us found something in there that were like, ah, yeah. Because we carry these things. And, and some of them are, I mean, when I eat... I feel like a failure. Not when I eat too much, just when I eat. I feel like a failure. I make fun of fat people, but my mom is huge. I'm, did you see the one that said I miss feeling close to God? Three years ago, I tried to kill myself. Now I'm 18 and people say I'm happy, but I still want to die. People think I've stopped lying, but I've just gotten better at it. What does God say about your dirty little secrets? The things you don't talk about, the things you don't bring up at parties, the things from your past that you are still carrying. What does God say about these things? What if, to answer that question, let's ask another, what if your dirty little secrets were exposed to the whole world? What if all the darkest, secretive things about you, your, your innermost thoughts, the, the shame of those things, that stuff that you did, that thing that you did, or that thing that you still do, or that, th that part of you that you just don't talk about, what if that was put on blast? What if that was all over social media? What if that was up on the screens of our church? What if those things were made public to the whole world? Some of you are terrified of that. And you're already thinking, I would have to move. I'd have to move to another state. Like, I would die of shame. I would never be able to show my face in my neighborhood again. I would ne certainly never be able to come to church again. I would just die if, if the world knew all of what goes on in here and in here sometimes. What if your worst stuff, did you know that that actually happened to someone in the Bible? That that actually occurred? This is from the Gospel of John. This is chapter 8. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking... The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest, 
until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. So, this is the scenario here. Jesus is in the temple teaching, and the Pharisees, right, the teachers of religious law, at this point, by this point, if you're unfamiliar with the narrative, by this point in, in Jesus' ministry, he's become a very public figure. Uh, he, he, they call him rabbi. They say teacher. They call him teacher. You can bet that that word was dripping with sarcasm. You can't find it on the page. You don't see sarcasm in the written word. It was definitely sarcastic when they, when they went, mm, teacher. You know, so the, the religious establishment finds Jesus very threatening. That was, in fact, why, why he was executed. He was just a threat to the establishment. So, so Jesus is teaching, and they're trying to find a way to undercut Jesus. They're trying to find something they can use against him. So they find, they've got this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. So th- this woman, okay, let's get this out of the way. She was doing wrong, okay? That's, uh, that's something, you know, she was either sleeping with someone who wasn't her husband or she was sleeping with somebody who was married to someone else. However you slice it, this is, this is a sin, this is, this is not okay. But the fact that she was caught, this is during the day, and she was caught in the act probably means that she was set up. That also is not in the text, but that's probably what was going on here. These guys all catch her in the act? Come on. So they've got her dead to rights, and this is, this is not just a little, a little scandalous. This is shame. In this society, this is like the worst thing that could happen to a person. Now everyone knows of her shame, her reputation is shot, and now, by law, she should be executed. Like, that's just what the law was back then. So she's supposed to be executed. So Jesus is in the temple, and he's teaching... And these guys walk in and interrupt the message. Can you imagine interrupting Jesus? They just interrupt him. He's in the middle of teaching in the temple, and these guys just roll in. They kind of just march down the aisle, and they, and they take this woman, and they, they just kind of chuck her down on the ground and say, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Rabbi, what do you think we ought to do? Now they're all like, we got him. Watch this. Because if he sentences her to death, his followers will know he's lined up with us. And if he pardons her, he's guilty of breaking the law. So they're all like, checkmate, mic drop, we got him. Let's see what he does with this. That's what's happening here. That's the narrative, right? So Jesus says nothing. He says nothing. He goes, hmm, interesting. (whistles) (whistles) Stoops down and starts scribbling things in the dust with his hand as if he hadn't heard what was going on. And the Pharisees are over here like, what is he doing? What's going on? I don't understand. What's he writing? This is weird. So they keep demanding an answer and, and they're like, uh, you know, <clears throat> Rabbi, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you guys were still there. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah, what you want to do is cool. Just one thing. Whoever among you has no sin, you go first. Whoever among you doesn't have any sin in your life, you go ahead and chuck the first stone. And then he goes back to scribbling in the dust. And there's this long standoff. 
And eventually, one by one, his accusers peel off and just, like, pretend they have a phone call to take. You ever do that? Trying to get out of something, he's like, oh, it's my phone, sorry, excuse me. There's nobody there, you know. They just pretend they got a phone call. One of them goes, oh, look at the time. I, I, oh, my, I, my brownies are in the oven. I have to go. Uh, you know, they just make up excuses. And, 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 and specifically in the scripture we have, beginning with the oldest, they leave. What was Jesus writing in the dust? It doesn't say. It's not recorded for us. But many scholars believe he was writing down the sins of the accusers. Many scholars believe he was in the dust writing down the sins of those who wanted to accuse this woman. And one by one they peel off, beginning with the oldest. Why? Because I think the older you get, the more you realize how messed up you are. The older you get, the arrogance and hubris of youth kind of burns off, hopefully it does, and, and, and you just learn to walk with a little more humility because you learn we're all a little bit dinged up. Life has dinged us all up. Life has been hard on all of us in some way. So the older ones leave, the last, the last to leave are the youngest, the, the, the hot-blooded, like we really wanted to see some action here and we thought we had them, darn it. They leave and now Jesus is alone with the woman, not alone with the woman by himself, because the original crowd that was hearing the sermon is all still there. It's just the Pharisees have left. The crowd is still there. And he's done writing in the dust, and he sees the last of them off, and this woman looks up, and she's tear-stained, and she's just had the worst day of her life. And Jesus says, where are your accusers? And we look around. Didn't even one of them, I mean, there were several, didn't even one of them stick around to condemn you? No, Rabbi, they're gone. He says, I don't condemn you either. You and me are cool. I mean, don't do that again, but we're cool. Everybody with me? It's so beautiful. He shuts down all the judgmental people, and he says, you, young lady, you don't have to carry the shame of this moment with you. This doesn't define you. All that stuff in your past, you don't have to carry it. You don't have to, to, to keep that upon you any longer. I want, wh what, what does God say about your dirty little secret? He says, you know what? I would really love to just wipe that away. Would you let me? That's what he says. He doesn't go, oh, for shame, oh, like, like he, just, he just says, I see what you're carrying. You don't have to carry that. I would love to wipe that all away. Would you please let me? That's where God is. That's what God thinks of your dirty little secret. He would just love to see you stop carrying the guilt and shame of it, wipe it all away, and cause you to become a new creation. I'll close, I'll close, close this up this morning with this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. When I memorized this in college, it was, behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. If you're in Jesus, if you've asked for forgiveness of your sins, you're his and that old life is over and a new life has begun. That's the life you're called to walk in. Don't let the shame of your dirty little secrets keep wearing you down. God wants to wash all that stuff away, and he will the minute you allow him to. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're grateful, 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 grateful that you wash these things away.
that we don't have to carry these backpacks full of boulders around anymore, that we don't have to allow the past to define us. We don't have to allow the shame and guilt of what we've done and what we've said and where we've been to mark who we are today. We can learn from that stuff, but move on in your grace, knowing that you love us and that you forgive us. Thank you, Father, for what happened that day so long ago when those guys tried to trap that woman and tried to trap you. Thank you, Father, that you saw through all of it and marked us, Father, not with a validation of sinful behavior, but, Father, with love and mercy because we're all a little bit dinged up. We're all broken. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. May each of us walk therein. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give. Or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word truenorth to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.